Welcome to the Ignatius Press Podcast. I'm Mark Brumley. I hope you enjoy the discussion in this episode. For more information about Ignatius Press, check out our website at ignatius.com. Hello, um, good morning or afternoon or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Stacy Trisankos, and it is my huge honor and privilege to um, be here today on behalf of Ignatius Press, interviewing uh, the woman who has written the biography of Dr. Jerome Lejeune. Um, I'm here today with Odd Juga. Um, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. I'll, I'll say a little more about who you are and what you've done, but I just want to welcome you to this, this live interview. Thank you so much for welcoming me, and thank you to invite me. Uh, uh, we appreciate you making the time. Odd Juga is a philosopher by training, um, and she has been the postulator for the cause of canonization for Jerome Lejeune since 2012. So for 11 years, um, she works with the Association of Friends of Professor Lejeune and uh, has written this biography for Ignatius Press. If you don't know, and you may know, but it's good to review uh, who he is. Dr. Jerome Lejeune is the world's most famous geneticist, and he is the man responsible for turning genetics into a field unto itself. Um, as a Catholic husband and father, he also was a very devoted supporter of the pro-life cause during his lifetime, especially during um, the years in the 1970s when abortion was becoming legal all over the world. Uh, he pushed proactively for um, finding cures and understanding uh, what they called at the time um, mongoloidism, which we now call trisomy 21 or Down syndrome. He discovered the genetic cause for that, and he fought valiantly to help his little patients. So he called them his little patients. Um, and he was very, very distressed and spoke out in, in kindness and charity, but firmness against the extermination in, in utero of these little patients of his. Um, he, the book that um, Aud Juga has written, um, Jerome Lejeune, A Man of Science and Conscience, takes us through his life. It is a full biography, takes us through his life from early childhood to his work with these little patients, these children, um, and his, his discovery. She explains how he discovered the 47th chromosome when all the rest of the humans have 46. He discovered the reason um, for this, this condition. Um, to the parts of his life where he gave up awards and accolades and promotions, including the Nobel Peace Prize twice, um, to be the, the nomination for that prize twice, to keep his focus always on his patients, his, his, these um, children he was trying to find a cure for. We know now there's no cure for it, but he did so much to bring an understanding um, he had a close friendship with John Paul II and was even appointed as head of the Pontifical Academy for Life before the end of his own life and did go on to win hundreds of prestigious accolades from those who appreciated his defense of human life. To write this definitive biography, Juga, the postulator for the cause of canonization for Dr. Lejeune, um, has gone through uh, consulting friends, family, archives, 
meeting at length with his wife and other relatives and other um, collaborators during his work. And she delivers us a, a, a wonderful book. I, I've read it twice now, um, once quickly and a second time in depth. Um, uh, to take us all the way through to really help us get to know who he was and his relentless, courageous pursuit of truth in both faith and science and how he had the courage to speak up for the preborn child when he was shunned for doing so by his colleagues. Um, he loved his patients unconditionally. He knew what he knew that he what he discovered about them could lead to um, th their extermination in utero. It's something we've seen come to fruition almost in our world today. And he fought for them. Welcome, Odd. Um, thank you so much for being here and uh, writing this book. Thank you very much. And. Um you, you talk so well from Jérôme Jean that I think that you, you could be the postulator of his cause of canonization. <laughs> I read your book. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's very a, a great, it, it was a great man, but uh, you, you see, I say he, he is because uh, he died, but not in our memory. And his, uh, his testimony is still very important for us everywhere in the world, not only in France, mm -hmm. but... Uh, you know, so many countries and also a lot in in US because mm -hmm. he, he met so many people. He went so so many times in US for for testimony. First for the all the Congress in genetics genetics and mm -hmm. the scientific Congress because he were as you say one of the most famous geneticists in the world mm -hmm. in 1960, uh, and after. And uh, in the second part of his life, he was really um, one of the best, I would let's say, servant of God and uh, mm -hmm. testify of um, of life and the beauty of life. And he went all over the world to testify for the, for the beauty of life. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I loved how he he called his um, the children his little patients. Um, how I'm very interested in, in your work. Um, you spent 11 years to bring this book together. I mean, it, it's uh, that's a significant part of your own life. Um, what what how did you know you had to do this? Um, and, and I'm really interested in how you went about the process of gathering all this information and compiling it so well. To tell the story, you you never met him personally, correct? No, no. How no. did you do all of that? I mean, what is your process? What was your motivation? How did you know God wanted you to do this? Uh, I have been working in the Jérôme Jeune Foundation. Was created um, after the Jérôme Jeune died. The foundation has been created in 1996. And he died in 1994, and um, I uh, I went to the foundation in 1999, so five years after he died, and at the beginning of the foundation, and um, I was in charge of communication and bioethics. And when in um, 2004, the cardinal 2006, sorry, the cardinal archbishop of Paris asked the family to open a cause of canonization. The family asked to the foundation to do it, and at the foundation they asked me to do that. So it's uh, it's the reason why now is I am the postulator of this cause of canonization. But uh, or of course it's for me it's a 
a huge opportunity and, uh, and, and I'm very, very fortunate to do that. Um, so I have to, the, the process opened in uh, 207 and um, for, for the, canonization, the canonization process, we, we must give the proof that there is a reputation of sanctity, of okay. course, mm -hmm. and also we have to give the proof that the candidate, the, the servant of God, as we say, mm -hmm. um, lived each Christian virtue at, uh, to a heroic level. So mm -hmm. faith, hope, charity, strength, justice, prudence, and temperance, as everybody knows. <laughs> so to give the proof, of course, we have to study, to study all his life and um, mm -hmm. with the best intention. And so we have to to gaze all the documents and testify that, that we can. Mm -hmm. And so two stage in this inquiry. The first stage is the diocesan, the, the diocese, mm -hmm. and after the second stage will be uh, in Rome. Okay. And the, the beginning was in two, 2007, and now you see we are in two, two, uh, 2021, and it's not closed yet. So, any idea how much longer it might take? Yeah. So now, no, I don't know because the, I would say that the, the the most difficult for me is done because we made the, the study, we guess everything. When I say everything, I'm talking about uh, how many um, forty-five thousand pages. Wow. Yes, 45,000 pages. So <laughs> testimonies and documents mm -hmm. and letters. So letters from uh, Jerome John to his wife and from his mm -hmm. wife to him. And maybe we talk about that uh, after, but it's very yeah. beautiful because we, yes. each day when they were um, not together, they wrote each other, one to the other. So we, we have 2,000 letters from one to the other. 2,000. 2,000 letters. Yeah, so just incredible. And so many letters for friends and, of, of course, from um, scientific and patients mm -hmm. and from servants of life all over the world. So it makes a, a great measure. And mm -hmm. also he wrote uh, so many publications, scientific publications, mm -hmm. 500. That's a, a huge work for me. Mm -hmm. And so many testified were listened uh, by a tribunal, where mm -hmm. there is um, the uh, du diable, we say, I don't know, the devil advocate, you say, in in America, no? Mm -hmm. um, we say that the, the advocate who, who oh. tried to find the if someone is lying or not. Yeah, devil's advocate. Yes, yeah. devil's advocate, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, play the other side, yeah. Yes. You have to do that still, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, very so, interesting. So, so obviously, it helped that he had so many records and publications and writings to his wife. Sorry, um, I was just on. Yeah, that, it, it obviously helps his cause that he wrote so many letters yeah. to his wife and so many publications. Of course, because, uh, for example, these 2,000 letters with his wife are fantastic for before for someone who wants to write a biography because he, he explains everything. And we we love a lot in the, in the family and friends because Mrs. Lejeune asks him every, every day, she, she asks, 
who did you have you seen who say what? So in each letter he say I saw mm -mm, who told me this. Yes. So we, I knew everything when he was, for example, in New York or not, so uh, every, everywhere. Say so mm -hmm. in New York, this professor who told me that thing. So it's yeah. great. It, it is. It's. Um, I really. I. I got. I didn't feel, I felt like I wasn't just getting to know Professor Lejeune, but I was also getting to know his wife. Um, uh, Berth, is that how you pronounce her name? Um, in French, we say Bicht. Bicht, okay. B-I-R-T-H-E. Um, yeah. She's all throughout the book. And it, I mean, it really is, it's very inspiring to see how they supported each other. I mean, he was so tender and supportive of her as the mother of their children, uh, making sure they went on their vacations every summer to the beach. And, and he told her everything. She was really his confidant and, and his biggest fan, um, giving him advice on decisions to make. Uh, so I appreciated that you kept so much of the letters in the book. At the beginning of the book, I did not thought, uh, thought that I would write <laughs> on Mrs. Lejeune, uh, it was a book on Jerome Lejeune, but very soon I saw that I could not write on Jerome Lejeune without uh, writing mm -hmm. on Mrs. Lejeune, because really they do, they did everything together. And uh, we see that um, from the beginning where they, they are just engaged before the wedding and um, they, they watch each other uh, every day because uh, Jerome Jean is in um, in Germany it's mm -hmm. after the the Second World War, so she he's there and Mrs. Jean is in France, and so they watch each other, and they, they get married in uh, 1952, and after of course they, they live together. But um, I could um, I could read to you the maybe it's the last letter that Jerome Jean wrote to his fiancée when she's in Denmark, just one week before the wedding. And when I when I saw that letter, I, I must confess that I was very moved by, that, by this letter because we could imagine, especially now, that a, way, a week before, you mm -hmm. would have said, um, is everything ready? How is the buffet? How is the decoration? But you see, we will see it's nothing like that. Maybe, can I read it now? Sure. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. So Jean-Rejean has just, uh, just finished his study and he wants to find a, a job because now he will be to get married, so he has to, to find a job. He's not more anymore a student. And he, um, he went into the Professor Turpin laboratory in, in an hospital in Paris. Yeah. And there he met this, this little children that uh, by the time we... We called mongoloid, as you said, mm -hmm. and, uh, and he was very moved by these children. And uh, in the evening, he wrote to his fiance, and I and I say this letter now. Turpin, his future boss, mm -hmm. is offering me a one or two year job working with the mongoloid. You know the little retarded children. I am convinced that there is something to be found and that it may be possible to improve the lives of thousands of human beings if we manage to find why they are like that. This is an exciting goal that will require of us much sacrifice, my darling, 
that if you agree to accept a rather precarious life that is nevertheless honest and worsome, based on that hope, I am sure that we will manage. I say we, because I will amount to something only if you walk alongside and help me. <laughs> Just beautiful for me. <laughs> yes, yes. You see, one week before the wedding, I, I, yes, it's it's beautiful, and it in the and really you, we see there that um, there is a great connivance, and uh, we see that everything is uh, decided together. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that Jean Jean will not have done what he, he did if Mrs. Dejeune will not be with him. And um, after that, so Mrs. Dejeune, the week after, said, yes, <laughs> yes, I want to get, to be married with you, but yes to your mission, yes to this yes. vocation, yes to this great uh, idea. And after, we can we have seen that uh, 50 years, they, they spend their life uh, trying to to, 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 prove, uh, to to find this uh, this. Sure. Truth. Mm-hmm. For, the, for the children, and um, and after Jerome Jeanne died, we also have the proof that Mrs. Jeanne really had take, uh, have taken the mission of his uh, of her husband of her husband mm-hmm. because uh, when Jerome Jeanne died, she she was very involved and she continued her husband mm-hmm. work and she created the Jerome Jeanne Foundation, who is now with the oh okay. Woman important medical center in in Europe for these uh, children. So really, it was a very beautiful couple. And it's very interesting because they were very different. Mm -hmm. He was Catholic, French, with a very traditional uh, education. She was Danish, and she was not Catholic, and she was from a very, very simple family. And these differences were not a difficulty for their love. And uh, and the Found themselves, and and something very interesting is uh, Jean-Marie let her very free. She was very different, and you know some French society sometimes mm-hmm. must be like this and not like that. Yeah. And she was very different. She was very from another society, and he let him as she was. And this is um, a very good proof of uh, yeah. his freedom, his, uh, yeah. his freedom. And it was, so many people uh, say that this couple was uh, providential, and I yeah. think so. Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah, she <clears throat> she helped him, <clears throat> she helped him make his decisions about um, what appointments to accept, what um, publications to make, um, when to stand up, when to, keep going. Um, he mentioned, you mentioned in the last part of the book, how he, he always had hope. Um, and and when you would think normal person would just maybe start to give up hope toward the end of your life, if you worked all your life for this cause and, and thinking about what he saw over his lifetime, he saw the dawn of genetics. He brought it about this understanding of the person. He saw that, trisomy 21 or down syndrome the parents at the time thought it was a punishment for their sin and he showed the parents this isn't a punishment this is a genetic condition and i loved how he referred to those children as they might have an intellectual um, disability but 
but where children and poets and lovers meet in the heart, they are as free as the rest of us. Um, he was he was really showing the world that these these Down syndrome children are people just like the rest of us, maybe more in tune with some aspects of being human than the rest of us are. Um, and it, I, I can't imagine how heartbreaking it would have been for him to bring this knowledge to the world and then to see the world, the other, his colleagues say the cure is to kill them in the womb. And yes. then to see in vitro fertilization and then to see contraception and, and all those things, it just would have been so hard. Yes, I think that for him it was a, a nightmare. Yeah. Um, he made this, as we see uh, in this letter, um, his first mission, he wants to, to cure these uh, children. Is really all, all his life is mm-hmm. oriented, is aimed to, to this cure. And he, he made this, this uh, fantastic discovery for that. And the discovery is turned against these children to kill them. And for him, it was a very, yes, a great nightmare, a great hurt girl, I would say. And um, I think that maybe we, nobody has, um, has uh, understood how, mm-hmm. how deep was his um, sadness about that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was very, very, yes, very important for him. And uh, as you said at the beginning, you're right. He never, but he he, he kept uh, hope. He yeah. never lost hope. And this is for me is really mm-hmm. it's also the the proof that uh, this virtue for him was heroic, because yeah. in this world when he saw he, he had a gaze of a prophet. So he saw before us, before every everybody, that. Um, it will be a massacre of the innocents. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. that, that if in 1969, mm-hmm. okay, we can uh, make abortion for for children who are different, who mm-hmm. have a disability. Uh, uh, we, he knew that 50 years after, it will be thousands and thousands and millions of babies will be aborted. So he, he saw this massacre of the innocent before everybody. And... Um, he kept hope. Why? Not on the human level, I think. I think that he, he knew that in 1970, 1980, we'll, we, are, we were going to lose the battle. But the hope is most important So because hope knows that life will uh, win, uh, that death is, ne- is never a victory. Only life will win. And maybe it will not be in 210 uh, or now, but maybe in 10 years, 20 years. And um, this is the most important. And this is a, a way for us. Yeah. He, he can give hope to us um, as we, you know, in the dawn of our own age, we're, we're probably looking forward to, you know, what's going to happen beyond our lifetimes is even more horrific crimes against humanity, um, thanks to biomedical advances. Um, so it, it was, um, beautiful. He died. Um, I was, I was amazed. He died on Easter. Yes. The early uh, morning on Easter, Mm -hmm. 
course, everybody saw in that uh, in that day uh, a sign of his uh, sainthood, and um, and the family was very moved because the Pope John Paul II wrote to the Cardinal Archbishop of Paris uh, the day after and wrote a beautiful letter where he said, I can read the beginning of this letter with beautiful. He said, um, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he lie. These words of Christ come to mind when we find ourselves faced with the death of Professor Jean-Marie Jean. If the Father who is in heaven called him from his heart of the very day of Christ's resurrection, mm-hmm. it is difficult not to see in this coincidence a sign. Mm-hmm. And of course, all his life was gave was given to the life. And when you die the day of the life, the mm-hmm. resurrection of the life, this is a sign of the hope for her. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, very much so. Um, yes, very much so gives us hope today. I um, I encourage anyone listening to what to read this book. Um, I, you know, I've read it twice now. Uh, it, there's there's a lot of yeah. It's beautiful how you tell the story, Ode. How you um, I, I love it when a historian puts together the facts, the pieces, the actual quotes and letters and publications. But you pick just the right parts of him, of his legacy, and you weave it together to tell a story. It's not just reading a story. I feel like I know him now. I feel like I. It, it, when I can pray to him, I can ask him to pray for the things that are going on today to continue helping us fight this fight in defense of human life. Yes, um, I am. I decided at the beginning of the book, I decided to make this biography like a novel because yeah. I know that I don't read a book with too complicated. So I want to <laughs> yeah. to read. For me, it's very important. But I want also a book very um, precise, with precision, Mm -hmm. and uh, with all the reference, historical reference, so Mm -hmm. that people who can, who really want to research more in the the life of Jean Jean, can find the 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 reference and all the documents where you. So everything I wrote in that book, um, (coughs) I can see that uh, it's true, and. even the dialogue between Jérôme Jean and his wife, most of them are true because, of course, I was not there during <laughs> the house. But she told me so much about his uh, husband, and I found their letters. So uh, mm-hmm. most of his dialogue are the letters but yeah. that I made, as, uh, not uh, like letters, but I made mm-hmm. like dialogue. And uh, the third thing that I wanted to show is not only his life, and uh, his family life and his uh, sainthood. But I also wanted to show um, his, um, his words, to give his arguments, to, so that um, we can also, us, we can use these arguments. We can mm-hmm. yeah. understand why he say that and uh, how we can uh, argue that uh, Life is beautiful, and how we can act against people who are for abortion, and uh, and explain this all always with a charity, but with yeah. Truth. And this is very important. Yeah, I I noticed how you highlighted that he he was known for 
arguing against the ideas and the actions, but he never, he judged those as evil, but he never judged the person. Uh, Uh, He was specific about that. Yes. This is very, very important. Um, Yes. Maybe uh, I emphasize it, uh, (laughs) but it's, it's, um, it's a, the point because he he had a huge sense of the truth. He was a, a lover of truth, and I say that he was a servant of truth. And yeah. um, and I think that I'm sure that for him, uh, telling the truth is um, one of the best charity. It, mm-hmm. And uh, and it is Saint Thomas Saint and Tommaso d'Aquino said that the, the most charity is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And Jerome Jean really in, uh, is the incarnation of this kind mm-hmm. of charity. Yeah. Yeah. So he judged, but never the person. It's yeah. only the act. And he yeah. said he said this, um, he tell it very often to everybody, to in his family, to his friends. He said, we have to judge the things. We have to judge if it's good or bad. But never the person. We we can't. We are not the person, and uh, we. It's not our job. It's God's job. It's not our job. We don't know the hurt of the of the person, and and if we were this person, maybe we will do that. And if we had done more to help this person, she yeah. would have done that. So yes. if we want to judge someone, we judge ourselves, but not the other. And yeah. this is very very important. It's a way to to live and to be in charity and truth. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it made his arguments all that stronger because he, he wasn't distracted with the, the other person. He was focused on the actions yes. um, and the way he said, you know, we, we can't cure. We, we'll either cure them of their innocence or it will be the massacre of the innocence. And um it's just beautiful. And, I, you know, one last thing before we go, if, if um, I, I do want the readers to know how much I appreciate your precision. You were saying you were careful to be precise. I mean, even in the early part of the book, describing how he discovered the 47th chromosome, um, he was getting samples from the children and, and getting the, the, the genetic material isolated and staining it and taking pictures of it. And he spent a lot of time just being able to take better pictures so he could count the chromosomes, little packets of genes, so he could count them in a way that would be compelling to the world to prove that he discovered a genetic cause for this disease. And, and you did you do write very clearly um, in, in language that anyone can understand. Um, and that, that's one of the great things about the book. It's it is it is it's been called a page turner. I, I would I would agree with that. Um, it, it was uh, I was anxious to get from one chapter to the next to see how um, his life ended. And um, and I love the note at the end from his wife that you included. And she she has also passed away now. She lived until she was 90 last year. Yes, last year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you so much for continuing this, for telling the story and for being the postulator for his cause for canonization. And thank you for meeting with me over here in Tyler, Texas, from uh, where you are in France. Yeah, I'm in Paris. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for your, your invitation. And uh, I'm very happy if so many people can meet Jérôme Jean with this book yes. and uh, discover him and 
I was so I'm so happy when I read him and when I so I I, I hope that so so many people will be very enjoyed to read it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And uh, this will, I hope we talk again. Oh, I, I hope that, that we will be able to talk again in the future. This podcast has been brought to you by Ignatius Press. We encourage you to check out our books and videos at your local Catholic bookstore or wherever else books and videos are sold. You can also sign up to receive special discounts on books and videos at ignatius.com. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please like the podcast on the website or app from which you listen to it. And please tell your friends about it. I'm Mark Brumley, and on behalf of everyone at Ignatius Press, thanks for listening.